When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Pressure throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. High pass. Did Williams make that catch? My goodness. Feet for a first down. Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen for the touchdown. Throws, and again, it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another one. Watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of you on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. We are 94 days away from kickoff of the start of the new season. This is the dead zone, dude. Like, I'm so bored with no football content really out there. We're in OTAs right now. We got a wide receiver who's looking pretty good out there making one-handed grabs. He looks athletic. What do you what can you tell me a little bit about what you've heard or seen from OTAs? Um, I think that's the big one. Um Quentin Johnson really really impressing early on. You you mentioned the highlight catch. Um, uh, but I've been really, really impressed. Um, and so have the coaching staff and the media on site with his route running ability. Um, turning guys around, he made Asante Samuel fall to the ground um, on just a basic slant. Um, I think either last week or I think it was last week, just faked and out, came inside on a slant, and Asante Samuel, one of our better corners, uh, had no idea what to do. And I think that's what we're seeing early on coming out of OTAs, and I know it, it we're, pads aren't even on. It's seven on seven. You're seeing a lot of our second string offense with Mike Williams and um, Joshua Palmer kind of nursing injuries uh, respectively. We're seeing some young, not maybe our our first string receivers and and skill players absolutely beating, if not dominating um, our starting seven as secondary. So I I think early on, that's not typically what you see. Um, I think a lot has, you know, when you're not in pads, you lose a lot as a defender. Um, so not everything is, is game day ready. Um, but excited you're seeing the young guys kind of gel with the, the returning veterans, um, exciting news to hear that Justin Herbert's expected to throw a football, uh, sometime this week. Um, 
like you said, that we're we're picking up things. We're picking up practice. We're talking about practice, not even like physical, like actual practice that's going to make us better. This is walkthroughs. These guys are in shorts. Yeah, the helmets are on, but there's only so much you could tell. Um, I think that the, those are the little bits that I've kind of, uh, you know, can hold on to and get excited about. But beyond that, it's way, way too early. Excited for those pads to come on and actually getting into, you know, looking what the, this offseason training program is going to look like um, in more depth. And, and then we're still a couple of weeks out from something like that. Yeah, it's like this whole dead zone part of football from OTAs till training camp is just kind of like no man's land in terms of football content. Yeah. The only thing I really have to go off of is the athletic and what Daniel Popper's been saying. Um, look like from when was this last article? This article was about a week old. Uh, and then you're hearing about Easton Stick showing off a little bit in seven on seven drills. Um but it's, it's really not a whole lot going on right now. Uh, right now, today is the Chargers Charity Golf Tournament. Justin Herbert is in attendance. I don't think he's swinging. I think he's still nursing he's his shoulder. Just there. Yeah, yeah, just kind of there. I saw LaDainian Tomlinson was out there looking sharp in his polo. Um, but it's just kind of like not a whole lot going on right now. Uh, Something I kind of surprising. Go ahead. One little nugget that I, I forgot to mention, and I, I don't know where I read it. I think it, it, it I read the Daniel Popper stuff like religiously. So it'd probably be a, the athletic. Um, if not, if, and if it is another media guy, then, you know, I want to give credit there. But um, I was reading an article about Keenan Allen talking about Kellen Moore and just gushing over this guy's knowledge of the game. But then what really stood out to me was, yeah, Kellen, when I come to him with, issues and i'm like this isn't going to work for me or or this guy or or what we want to do here he's willing to adapt and make adjustments and make it make sense to the players which i think is, is that's what makes the good coaches from the bad coaches and i think a big big part of my frustration with lombardi press conferences you saying that he was saying the right things he came and as a media presence, he was saying the right things. It was implementation and just the consistency for uh, on and sticking to a, a an offense that wasn't working. And his just stubbornness and and inability to flip the game script, script and and make halftime adjustments was so so critical to was so impactful to our our team and really held us back these last couple of seasons. So hearing that from a guy like Keenan Allen, who's been around the block, who's been in successful offenses, and he's been in some that have not been super successful uh, for him to, to talk about Kellen Moore's willingness to be adapt, you know, be a sponge and, and be able to mold his, his concept around the guys who are going to actually, you know, make the plays. um, I, I think that's, really, really important. And I'm excited to see what that offense uh, looks like with guys like Keenan Allen having so much influence. And you also talk like you're talking about the interview where he was talking about uh, the press conference for, from OTAs a couple days ago, I think. I, it, it might be, I, I don't, I, it was a, it was definitely a, what I was reading was a transcript of a press conference. Um, yeah. 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 So where I, got actually, it, I don't know where it was. I don't remember who asked him the question, but somebody asked him the question and he, <laughs> actually kind of laughed that little bit. He was saying, uh, you know, I think Keenan Allen, you're on your fifth offensive coordinator. And he sat there and he was like five, like five. And he's sitting there and he had a, like that really like had a dig deep. Cause this guy's in year, what, 10 now. Right. And you're talking about Frank Reich. You're talking about Shane Steichen, Joe Lombardi. Um, 
and Ken Wisenhunt. And Wisenhunt. now this is his fifth, I think. Right. So he's been around the block a little bit. Uh, he's been played under a lot, a lot of different guys who are now head coaches. Right. Frank Reich yeah. is a head coach. Shane Steichen's a head coach. Ken Wisenhunt was a head coach. Uh, Kellen Moore has been getting interviews previously in the past for head coaching positions. So it's not even like the church have had bad play callers, right? It's been more of just charging is, is what it's been uh, because these offensive coordinators have left the chargers and gone found success elsewhere. But for Keenan Allen to sit behind each one of those guys who is now a head coach or at least been a head coach at one point in time and has all this praise uh, for, for Kellen Moore, that, that, holds weight that holds a lot of weight so yeah I, I i like it and i'm kind of excited to see where it goes this year he doesn't run a completely different offense than joe lombardi does maybe his tendencies are a little bit different but a lot of the concepts are pretty similar um one of the things i did see on daniel popper was that max duggan had a fine day throwing the football had five touchdown packs passes in yeah. practice um Kind of came on busted coverages, but uh, nobody was kind of expecting that. Uh, what else do we got here? That's really all there is going on right now. Um, Rayshon Slater is back to 100% healthy, has been for the last couple of months. Uh, he talked about that in his press conference. Uh, we've already talked about the Austin Eckler re renegotiation of his contract. Uh, we're going to be getting a kicker battle between Dustin Hopkins and Cameron Dicker. Uh, and then the Chargers waived Damon Lloyd on Wednesday and brought in, I think it was another wide receiver who's going to be a, a kick returner, punt returner oh, uh, right. competition in training camp. So that seems to be the gist of all the Chargers news. Um, any Anything else you got to kind of put to that? Or are you ready to get into some of these UDFAs? I'm ready to get into it. Um, I, I think we, we've, we've covered it and some, if not repeated, repeated ourselves about, you know, OTA uh, updates. So I'm ready to get yeah. into these undrafted guys. Well, let's get into some of these undrafted guys. I'll let you go ahead and go first. I went and kind of looked at real briefly the film of four different players. Uh, which players did you end up looking at? Um, I went with Elijah Dotson, the running back out of Northern Colorado. I kind of have like a, a brief double. Um, I wanted to go look at the D end guy and, and farmer and uh, Brevin Allen um, outside edge guys. I, I kind I, I brought, I, I kind of looked at both of them. Um, Cause they, I, I don't think, but I don't think, I think we're only going to keep one guy at the position. Um, if we do, it's going to be a practice guy, but there's, I wanted to touch on both of them briefly. Um, then I also looked at Terrence Lang and I closed it out with Taiwan Mullen. Nice. All right. I'll let you go ahead and go first. Uh, who All right. are going to talk about first? Yeah. Um, I picked Elijah Dotson just because I, I, I work with uh, one of his former um, teammates at, because he actually um, began his career right down the street from me at, at Sacramento State. Uh, was a big sky, all conference, first team selection uh, when he was there. Transferred to Northern Carolina or Northern Colorado last season. Um, little step up as far as competition, um, and because of it, earned second team all conference 
but was was a really, really big impact for that Bears team. Uh, led the team in rushing and in scoring uh, with 933 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. Also can impact the game um, as a pass catcher. Hauled in 48 pass, passes for 300 yards, another two scores there. Um, and the interesting part for me, because at this time when I was looking at him, we didn't have that that second uh, kick returner guy in-house. Um, but he... But Dotson also handled all the kick return duties for the Golden Bears, finished with a solid 19.4 yard per return on 13 career attempts. Only fielded one punt return, uh, but absolutely killed it, uh, hit the hole and took that thing all the way back for an 82 yard touchdown. Uh, so I, I like his flexibility as a returner, um, a returner of the future. Um, he's a little guy, 5'9", 200 pounds, ran a 4'5", uh, at his pro day back in April. Um, but a bit of a grinder, you wouldn't expect him to be like a, one of those bruisers. Um, but strength is actually absolutely going to be one of his calling cards at the next level Threw up 21, uh, bench press reps at his pro day as well. Ooh. And so I, I, I like him for a couple reasons. Um, Larry Roundtree needs some competition as the, you know, practice squad back. I liked yeah, that he is slated, you know, as our number two kick returner at this time, um, Right behind him on the depth charge, Joshua Kelly. I like Joshua Kelly. I don't think that's a fit for his skill set. I love him much more as one of those wedge guys, um, you know, blocking and, and leading the way uh, for the returners. Um, and so I, I think Larry Roundtree has been a little comfortable as a practice squad back. Uh, I think we're set at the top of the depth chart with uh, Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, and Joshua Kelly kind of really holding on to that RB2 role. Um, but it, it, I'm I'm. I would like to, if the, the camp is there uh, for a guy like Dotson, to move away from Larry Roundtree. Haven't been impressed from the guy. Um, we, we liked his ability as a bruiser, um, but we really haven't seen him bring that physical running style that he had at Missouri um, and, and use it at the NFL level. Now, he's been had some, some crazy offensive line issues, um, but I, I'm still – I'm not saying move away from him, um, but I do want some more competition for him as a, as a that practice squad back. Um, and I think Dotson brings a little more return juice than than Roundtree does at this point. Yeah, so uh, I, I actually broke down another um, running back. I'll get to him later because I'm struggling to find my notes. Uh, until I get back to those notes, I'll talk about Gerard Clark, who seems to be the most yeah. popular undrafted free agent right now, 6'3", 334 pounds. He's a, he's a true nose tackle, grew up in Boston, started playing uh, football at seven years old. He's coached by his father throughout the, his whole like youth levels, uh, ended up playing tight end and wide receiver uh, and on the defensive line in high school, which is kind of a weird combination to, to even be playing. That is weird. Uh, yeah. It's just a little bit weird. And then he goes and he packs on like a hundred pounds and, and, moves over to coastal Carolina and, and becomes a, a true nose tackle. Like he's a big, big dude, three service start, uh, uh, three star recruit out of high school. He was the number 78 overall tight end in 2018 recruiting class. Um, he entered the picture and gave him, uh, he, he was at the, the, that was the only FBF, FBS offer that he actually ended up getting. Why are these notes so tiny, man? I'm struggling to, <laughs> I can't zoom in. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, like, he moved to the offensive line briefly in college and then ended up moving to the defensive line in 2019. 
a kind of sad story. So his older brother was shot and killed in September 2016. Uh, his daughter was just recently born. He graduated degree in recreation and sport management. Uh, and he was a, a member of the 2023 Senior Bowl. So kind of a, a, a bad background, kind of the story that, you know, got him to this point. Uh, has had some injuries. He suffered a back injury that required off-season surgery in 2020. Uh, third team, all SBC, whatever that conference is that Coastal Carolina plays in. Uh, he's also blocked a couple field goals, uh, team captain last year. Um, not super athletic or, or he's, he's a big clog in the middle, right? That's kind of what he does, what he is. Uh, massive frame, really girthy, long arms. Um, he's just he's just a big body who's going to sit there in the middle and he's going to clog up rushing lanes. That's just what he does. He walks defenders back into the quarterback's lap. Um, he moves better than his size would typically suggest because he's kind of that, you know, he's got that tight end basketball um, background. Um, but he's not like, he, he ran like a five, three, 40 yard dash. So he's not moving around too well. I think it's more of just like a quick off the snap type of thing. Uh, his weight has fluctuated quite a bit and not always in the best way. Um, plays controlled, not super rangy, doesn't have that quickness or anything like that about him. Just not really a, a true pass rusher. Uh, he's purely going to be in for running downs. Um, that back injury with an L4 disc um spinal surgery which is terrifying which probably why he didn't get drafted in the first place i know that the um the draft network had him rated as a third round draft pick uh ends up going undrafted dame brugler had his um, as a seventh round draft pick so kind of all over the place um he's he just kind of relies on raw strength rather than technical skill to win battles in the trenches uh he's got size he's got length um he has some tools to, to eventually make this roster. And I think if there is any player on this roster with a chance of making the 53-man roster, it's going to be this kid because I think we're a little bit more thin on the defensive line. Um, but, you know, he's it's going to be – it's going to depend on what is his health actually like, you know, two years removed from this spinal surgery. And how committed is he to football at this point in time? Uh, he's got some minor off the field issues, nothing major, but, um, I mean, as you know, his brother getting shot and killed is terrible. Um, I don't really know if he's like in that type of, um, atmosphere around him, right? You are kind of what you bring yourself around. Uh, so, you know, as, as long as he's good off the field, doesn't have any negative issues. I'm, I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on the list. I, 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 I really like our edge room. Um, uh, Khalil Mack had a really good year last year. We're excited to see Joey Bosa return from his injury. Um, really, really like the addition of Thule. Um, and then you got Chris Rumpf as that developmental piece. Being able to rush the passer is so important in, in Brandon Staley's uh, scheme. I think that's kind of why you saw us move away from Braden Fajoko, who was super, who was great in, you know, uh, run defense. Didn't give you anything as a, a rusher, uh, you know, a interior pass rusher. Um, I think that's why Gerard Clark's fit is a little better. Um, but because 
getting after the quarterback is so important. I do think one of these outside linebackers that I'm going to talk about here um, squeak onto the practice squad team, um, especially because the Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are getting up there in years um, with Joey coming off of that injury, which he's dealt with nagging injuries uh, throughout his career. So I took a look at a couple guys um, at that position. Uh, Brevin Allen out of Campbell, the first guy, 44 career games, a two-time All-American, four-time All-Conference selection. Um, he set the franchise, the, the school record with 38 career tackles for loss, second all-time in program history with 20 and a half sacks, um, big South defensive player of the year in 2021 after he put basically put up half of that production, nine and a half sacks, 17 and a half tackles for loss, uh, also added 26 hurries. Uh, Allen was at the Shrine Bowl, and I, I thought it was worth mentioning because Chargers the last couple of years have, have loved uh, guys who show up to that game. Um, kept with the trend again this year, going with selecting Jordan McFadden and Scott Matlock, who both attended the, that um, game. Um, looking at Allen, he's one of those, and we throw this word around all the time during draft process, but one of those just freaky athletes, you know. Uh, pass rush plan, needs development. It is not there. He's really a untouched canvas. Nothing very exciting or if the coaches get excited about his athleticism, um, he's a player that is going to be very, very moldable because he's he's very raw. Um, the other guy is a lot different, I think. Uh, Andrew Farmer out of Lane College um, in Tennessee. He was a, a, a an, an all-team selection in or a first-team all-conference selection in 2022, led the nation um, over his final two seasons with 44 tackles for loss and 17 half sacks. Um, in, in just 18 games. Um, as a senior, uh, 25 tackles for loss. That's what I meant. He meant he led the league with the best per game average of tackles per loss. Was finishing a, a game with three um, in each game. And so he did that while playing at all different types of positions. He played at the three, he played at the four, um, all doing that despite being 250 pounds. And so because he's a little lighter, I don't think you see – there's not really a fit as an interior pass rusher. Chargers drafted him and listed him as an O-line outside linebacker. I think that's where his fit at the next level will be. Um, but I, I think you're – from from his position, and he's also going to need to learn how to rush from a stand-up position, but he's a lot, lot more reliable um, than, than Allen is. And so if you want a young – athletic prospects the mold i think brevin allen is your long-term option there uh, and if you're just looking for consistency and want to build and build out that flexibility and athletic ability that you can't really teach you got andrew farmer um but when i'm talking about technique and athleticism i'm always going with the athlete because uh, there's things like being fast being strong and being just super long and that that you can't teach um i could teach consistency i can teach technique and so brevin allen gets the the hat there or the tip in, in my opinion, but you, you can't really credit out what, what the, the coaching staff does and what they're seeing behind closed doors. I'll talk about uh, Cameron Brown, Ohio state cornerback, actually a three-year starter for the Buckeyes. I think the biggest issue is he's just failed to really stay healthy while he was at Ohio state. I mean, Ohio state pumps out so much talent that you can't tell me that this guy isn't talented. And yeah, I know you're not supposed to scout the helmet, scout the player, but 
it's it's true, right? Like part of the best coaching staff in the nation. He's just really had a bad string of luck. Uh, 2020 had a season-ending Achilles injury. Uh, he missed eight games his freshman year. He missed five games last year. And in 2021, when he actually was healthy, uh, still only still missing two games, but overall healthy, he was an honorable mention All Big Ten. He's a big guy, six foot, 200 pounds. So he's got some size to him at the corner position. Really good frame, uh, twitchy in the lower body. Uh, he's a smooth accelerator, uh, collect and go technique that really drives on throws in front of him. He's very coverage aware as a former wide receiver. He just understands the full route tree and tendencies, splits, things of that nature. Does a really good job sinking his hips uh, in the in the short zone area, uh, and he's a he's a, a willing uh, disruptor when the ball's in the air. Like he'll go up there and he'll battle with guys. Um, maybe not the finisher that that you want him to be. Um, finds himself he's always around the, the the catch point whenever it comes to that. Uh, he has leaping skills to defend jump balls when he's in position. He's a rangy defender. Uh, and he was, of course, special teamer as a sophomore. So he's got a lot of experience. I think that the issue is that why, why is he never healthy, right? And, and that kind of is the, the most important aspect is availability, right? Um, I, I, I really like him a lot on film from what I did see. Uh, his MRAs turned out to be fine. All his injuries turned out to be okay. Um, nothing that's like major in, uh, within the last two years. They're just kind of minor bumps and bruises. But the Achilles injury kind of saps the speed. He ended up running a four, five, six, 40 yard dash, which isn't great for that position in particular. Um, the Chargers have a really young uh, group of cornerbacks on the roster right now. Young cornerbacks, nobody's really a star. There's even a starting slot position open. Uh, he's a guy that could come in and compete if he ends up, you know, showing out pretty well. He was a three-year starter at Ohio State, played for five years there. Yeah, five years. I think that it's just going to come down to how healthy is he for this season. So another guy that I think that could be a sleeper to, to make the practice, uh, make the um, the roster, the actual 53-man roster, because I feel like we are thin at cornerback right now. And he was a four-star recruit. So it's not like he doesn't have the pedigree. Right. Um, the last, the other D lineman I looked at, um, more of an interior guy, Terrence Lang out of Colorado, big 6'4", 280-pound kid. Um, he racked up 91 tackles, 53 solo tackles, 19 and a half for loss with eight sacks, knocked down seven uh, passes at the line, and also recovered a fumble um, in 53 career games with the Buffs. Um, in 2022, he appeared in 12 games, finished with 40 tackles, one sack, five tackles for loss, five third down stops, uh, three hurries, got that fumble recovery, um, and also batted down three passes. And so did all of that in a three-year career, all as a starter at Colorado. He was primarily tasked with, you know, being big, plugging up, blowing up running holes, um, and just being that big base kind of D lineman that we're typical to seeing, um, rather than being used as that interior pass rusher. That really wasn't his, his not really what they were asking him to do there. Um, and I think that shows three seasons, only eight sacks. Um, 
he can do it, but it wasn't really he had they had other guys that can not get after the passer. Um very, very strong though, and that's what you're getting from him as a interior player. He's not gonna be a guy to get uh blown around a whole lot. Um, and I expect him to you know be that traditional in the dirt kind of D end. Uh and can see him move inside. He played mostly on the edge, but I could see him sliding into three or maybe five. Uh as the, with the Chargers, I think Gerard Clark's fit is much better for this team because he is the he's a much better pass rusher in my opinion. Um, but I do see Lang with a strong training camp, having that versatility, multiple places along the the plane with at multiple positions, and being able to do both things well. Um, I could see him, you know, getting on the coaching staff's good side and having them take a flyer. I still think Gerard Clark. It's Gerard Clark's, you know, spot to lose. Um, but I did. I was kind of impressed by with Lang's versatility uh, at, at as a D lineman. And that was your final prospect, right? Uh, I looked at Tywan Mullen. Okay, gotcha. So uh, I'll talk about Tyler Hoosman. Uh, another place I think we're kind of thin at is running back. In terms of it, for as many years as I can remember, we've been carrying four running backs. It's just been something that we've typically done every single year. This guy was a UDFA, went to uh, North Dakota. He's a pretty big back, six foot, 215 pounds. He's a north and south runner. Uh, he's an old guy too, six years in college football, and didn't really break out until this last year. We just barely got over 1,000 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns. Um, he's kind of a bigger guy, uh, and you were talking about um, what's the our fourth string running back you were just talking about? Uh, from Missouri. Roundtree. Larry Roundtree Larry hasn't done anything to solidify his place on this roster. Uh, and I think that this is a guy that could really challenge and, and potentially be, especially if we're trying to find a special teamer, uh, not super, super athletic, but athletic enough for the position. Um, four, five, two, 40, 10, two broad jump, 35 inch vert, which is pretty nice. So he's got a lot of the things you need to, to, you know, make this roster as a special teamer. Uh, he ended up getting a 7.96 Raz out of a possible 10, uh, according to Math Bomb. So he's got some athleticism to him, but I, I think that it just took him so long to kind of break out and he wasn't playing uh, top level competition. There's going to be a learning curve there. I don't think he's as developed as he needs to be to really take that position on. So, um, really hard to find film on him because you know, North Dakota. So I'll let you go ahead and take your last player. Yeah. Let's round this thing out. Um, I went, I took a look at Taiwan Mullen um, out of Indiana, a little smaller back at, at 5'10, 170 pounds. Uh, we're as charger fans, we're, we're a little familiar with his older brother, uh, Trayvon Mullen, um, formerly with the Raiders. Now I, he's with the Ravens. Um, but Taiwan came onto the scene um, and, and just took off. Um, tied for 11th in the country and just second amongst all freshmen um, in, in 2019 with 13 pass breakups. Uh, he had a really good season as a sophomore and could, probably could have declared following his 21, 2021 season, uh, but kind of got all of that momentum slowed with that ankle injury um, and then came back didn't have an explosive season, but was kind of dealing with the, the, the rollover effects of that ankle injury. But um, when it comes to Taiwan, 
you're looking at a, a, a very, very gifted athlete. He has all the athleticism in the world to carry on vertical routes, to mirror receivers. Um, his problem is he's very, very gullible. You, you give this kid a, a nice head fake, and he's he's going to commit all the way. Um, and so you see him kind of disregard technique and proper – well, he disregards his technique because he has the athleticism, especially at the uh, collegiate level, to – just rely on that to get himself back into the play. And when you see the fact that he runs a 4-4 40-yard dash, had a 4-4 20-yard shuttle, has a 32-inch vertical, threw up 19 uh, bench press reps despite being 170-something pounds, uh, seven-second three-cone drill, you, you see why he will resort to that. He's a phenomenal athlete. Very quick, very confident. You're, you're not going to have this guy get down on himself. Even if he gets uh, you know, beat big, he's going to come back um, and, and make a play. I think you can see it that the obvious drawback not being super big. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to cut it as a boundary corner. Um, I just think I just, especially at the NFL, you're going to put a guy like this on DK. Uh, this guy's going to get chucked for 30 yards. Um, I just think he's going to get out muscled, um, but still works very, very hard in run support. Um, I could see him getting walled off, but I do think he is a really solid tackler when you're looking at the undrafted dbs um he i think he plays the phys the most physical he's like the little pip he's like a little pit bull he wants to get in your face and he's not the he's, he's not going to blow you up um but he's willing to get in there and mix it up um i think that because of that because of his play style he'll be a better fit immediately day one as a special team guy um it's interesting to see with guys like jaw taylor and uh dean leonard who were really good for us in, in that phase last year, getting more time on defense. Kind of interesting to see if they're going to kind of move away from special teams guys, and you're going to need a guy like Taiwan to kind of fill a, a fill in their role. But um, think think he's interesting as a, a special team guy, um, looking to take snaps as as that slot corner um, in, in emergencies. Uh, the last player I'll go and I'll talk about breaking down is going to be uh, Pokey Wilson out of Florida State. Uh, this guy kind of reminds me of M80, <laughs> uh, Malcolm Floyd, a little bit. He's not quite as big. Like Malcolm Floyd was what, like 6'5", six, 6'4", five, six, six, like he was giant. But in terms of their play style, like he's a go-up-and-get-it type of player. Uh, he, he'll out-muscle. He's only six foot, uh, and he was really in a, a bad offense, bad situation there at Florida State. Uh, he's actually been there so long. He was actually teammates with Derwin James when he was a freshman. So he's been there for a long, long time. Uh, over the last two seasons, 53 receptions, 877 yards. He's played under six different offensive coordinators, three different wide receiver coaches, three different head coaches in Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, like he's a, he's a physical receiver, but he's just had no consistency around him and that whole I mean, I can't think of very many offensive Florida State players that have come out of that school through the draft in a while. It, it just – It's like the only guy I'm thinking of. Oh, James I Winston they, was the last one that I can actually like remember. Zay, Zay Flowers, we just got one. but I think No, Zay I, Flowers is Boston College. That's right. They just wear the same colors. I get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, not even him. Uh, what's the running back for the Rams? Uh, he was drafted. Cam Akers. Cam Akers is is one of the last Florida State guys that I can remember. So yeah, they they just had no consistency there, um, and maybe that's what it is it, for for him, right? Like you know, he was a pretty high recruit, 
uh, ends up picking a, a big school. Florida State's always been known for being a big football school. They've just had they've had their issues over there. Uh, but we are already set with our legit six wide receivers are going to, into next season. So his only hope of making this team is going to be through the practice squad. But, you know, M80, you know, didn't make the roster until like his fourth year, third or fourth year, um, you know, in the league. So like he was on, on the practice squad that entire time. This guy might be a stash and, and develop type of player. I like his ability to go up and just fight for the ball. Like he's, he just out muscles guys and he's not super big when he does it. He's just really good at, 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 at just timing it. I, I don't know what it is. So Pokey Wilson, um, that's really it for, for undrafted free agents. I'm the only one that I'm really excited about is Gerard Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any of those guys that you're actually like excited about? Thinks going to make the roster or I, I don't, um, not, I mean, I like the guys as all those guys I looked at. I, I like as long-term projects, um, guys that I'm willing to take a flyer on as a practice squad guys. I'd like some new blood in there. Um, I think there's been a lot of, of consistency and it's just kind of stale for me. Um, I haven't seen the progression that I would like from guys that have been in the system for two, three years. Um, besides that, I think we're really well-rounded. Um, the, the, this coaching, this front office has done a really good job the last couple of seasons of putting together a solid team. We don't have many glaring holes. Um, now I'm still, I'd like a couple pieces here and there, but I think we're going to see those guys um, here in the next week or two sign as the, those late, like the similar to the Bryce Callahan and the uh, Vinoy signings last year, some, just some vets, but for these guys, I don't think any of them, the guys I looked at are going to make the roster. I think Gerard Clark probably has the best, uh, the best path based on the position he plays and and his skill set. But and none the, of these guys yeah, are super excited. Depth as well, right? Yeah, I, I just think we're really, really well rounded, and none of these guys really excite me more than the depth piece ahead of them. Because um, none of these guys are starters. These guys are, are all have question marks. They went undrafted for a reason. Um, but these guys out of the bunch that we brought into camp, these ones give me the most excited and I kind of touched on, on why when I was getting, uh, breaking them down. I got you. Um, so I was going to pull up the magazine. So I've been working on the magazine. I'm trying to finish it here pretty soon. Um, but I might bring it to you guys next week and show you guys a little bit of it. It looks like I am about 40 pages through. And I need to uh, a little bit more, like almost 50 pages through. So it's almost almost done. Um, Hopefully I'll be finishing that in the next like two weeks or so. Uh, We got a football game that we're going to in Green Bay. Yeah, Uh, I did get those tickets. So we are going to that November 19th game. Uh, Pay up. (laughs) (laughs) It's on my to do list. (laughs) So not too bad. We got some good seats. We'll be at that game. So we've got the magazine coming up. Uh, we've got the the Green Bay Packers game coming up way later. Uh, but I did go ahead and get that. Um, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about next week, but we'll definitely get into it and figure out. Uh, I do. I got. No, I'll save it. I'll save it for next week because we're we need content. You never know. It's going to be important. So tune in next week. 
All right, cool. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys later. Outro.